Hello, and welcome to Husband and Wife Time, a podcast celebrating Lifetime movies. I'm Matt Caprelletti. And I'm Elizabeth Blickle. And we're here today to talk about the 2020 film, The Christmas Setup. It was a delight. There are so many holiday movies out there, and this one just hits all the right notes. It does. I would say that this movie goes down as nicely as that creamy, dreamy cocoa from Twinkle All the Way. (laughs) It is just sweet and heartwarming and a lovely little movie. But yet not overly sweet. No, not cloying. They offer moments where people discuss actual conflict or negative things. Yeah, they're making real life decisions. Yes, but it's... It's very sweet. So the plot of it is Hugo. Yes, played by Ben Lewis. Is a lawyer and he returns from his high powered New York City law job where he has just given his boss an ultimatum that if they don't make him a full partner by the new year, he will be looking for a new firm. Mm -hmm. He returns to Milwaukee, right? That's right. And is greeted by his charming yet overbearing mother, Fran Drescher, Mm -hmm. whose accent they do explain. Yes. It's important to note. They say that she was originally from New York, but moved to Milwaukee for Hugo's father. So the accent is not just like ignored. Yeah. She does not try a Midwestern accent, though would that she would have, because that would have... I would love to hear her attempt the nasal Midwestern accent via (laughs) the nasal accent she already has. But so Hugo returns home. His mom, Kate? Yes. uh, Fran Drescher is, you know, overbearing and loves him and loves Christmas and all that. And she sets him up with the local hunk Christmas tree salesman who also invented an app, so he's retired, and he runs a Christmas tree, not farm, but a Christmas tree lot of land in Milwaukee with his dad, where all the money from the trees is donated to charity Mm -hmm. because he doesn't need money. This was Lifetime's first foray into same-sex holiday movies. And it's worth noting that in real life, the two men who fall in love in the movie are husbands and they are adorable. The chemistry they have on screen, I guess, could be explained by the fact that they're married in real (laughs) life because they do have really good chemistry in the movie and it's just a really sweet movie. Yeah. So what stood out to you about this movie? Hugo was confronted with the real-life decisions of, well, I really like this guy, Patrick. Mm-hmm. But I'm caught up in the New York law firm rat race mm-hmm. and ends up saying that, well, despite the fact that he does get that partnership mm-hmm. and would move to London, he ultimately decides that he wants to stay in Milwaukee. Did he? I thought he said he wanted to... Take his dream job. Uh-oh. Do we not remember the end of this movie? We watched it a week ago. Well, he I makes that he said, speech. I thought he said he... Yes, he said it was home. Mm-hmm. He said Milwaukee was home. But I 
I thought he accepted the job and they discussed a long distance relationship for that reason. Oh. I thought he meant like home in the more abstract sense and not home as in this is where I'm coming to every night. I thought part of what they were working out was do we want to do long distance? Mm -hmm. Because we obviously have this chemistry. And initially the tree salesman did not want to. Mm -hmm. And then he came around to it. And then Hugo wasn't certain, but he came around to it. And I thought this was a rare holiday movie in that they don't position it so that you have to leave the city to have everything you want. Mm -hmm. That they're saying you can have your dream job and you can figure out hiccups or difficulties in a relationship okay. like Milwaukee to London. Because they did discuss the time difference and like yeah. the travel. I thought that that was where they were going. And I thought that was nice because that struck me as more realistic than everyone in every holiday movie moving back to like towns of 300 and that be that being like a realistic way to end a movie mm -hmm. because there if you live in a town of 300 there are only so many employment opportunities right. and also why should you have to give up your dream job for love love can expand yeah to meet the distance between milwaukee and London. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, but apparently we misinterpret. We had different interpretations yeah. of that ending. I trust. You thought he was moving home to Milwaukee. I thought he was. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was sweet because they were they were saying like we're not gonna do this the way that everyone does, where they say like the only way to live. I thought he was gonna become like not bicoastal because they're obviously not coastal, mm -hmm. but like that he was going to split his time between Milwaukee and London. Okay. You're right. They aren't definitive about it. I, I, not. I, I just thought that his little speech about, like, this is home meant, by consequence, this is home for me, and I'm going to stay. Where do you live? Where do I live? Mm -hmm. I live in Akron, Ohio. Okay. Where's home? Uh, well, home is Akron, Ohio. Really? Okay. I would have thought it's, you it's, would it's, say it, home was New Jersey. Well, it is, yes. I mean, it's where I'm from. You wouldn't say that's home, though? Well, I guess I might say that when I'm visiting there, I'm home. visiting home. I know this is our, we're in our home. Yeah. We're, we're now navigating the concept of home <laughs> well anyways i thought he was making that big speech to be like mm. emotionally i'm connected to this place and i will always have roots here um, and a presence here okay. but not that i'm going to give up my okay so clearly this movie doesn't do that classic holiday movie thing of beating you over the head with a hammer bell yeah or a bell hammer <laughs> with every little detail because we've had different interpretations, mm -hmm. which is not usually no the case. Okay, so you liked that Hugo thought Milwaukee was home. Well, I thought that he it, he showed him wrestling with it, and mm. I guess to bring up a different part of the movie, mm -hmm. the whole historical subplot. Okay. 
Yes, we've got to talk about it because I actually think one of the reasons why this is such a good movie, and we've discussed this with other movies that we liked, try not to slurp too much. We're having cocoa while we're, we're recording this, by the way, so I'm telling Matt not to slurp so I don't have to edit it too much. Um, still drink it, but let's <laughs> we, we both need not slurp. Um, <laughs> I think that this movie moved so briskly. <laughs> now you're laughing because I, whatever. Um, I think the movie moved so briskly because it had subplots, several. Yeah. That we're not taking a drink the drink. <laughs> Matt's now, I'm now terrified, Matt, about editing out his slurps. Which is really more of a direction to myself, because I think I'm more of a slurp hot beverages person, which I, I dislike about myself. Anyways, but... Uh, I don't mind at all. Well, you're not the only person who listens to me drink coffee. So that is true. We have, to, we have to make allowances for other people. True. But I thought the reason this movie moved so briskly, unlike this conversation, is because that subplot, if it was just man meets man, falls in love through meddling of Fran Drescher, that movie should be with commercials 80 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's a fast story to tell. It's yep. like, or even 60 minutes with commercials, it's a, you know an episode of something. But by adding the subplot of Tonight on 60 Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Two men fall in love. And Fran Drescher. And it's adorable. Sets it up. <laughs> um, of course she does. Uh, so by adding that subplot, it gave you other things to be interested in. Because in holiday movies, you always know they're going to end up together. Of course they yeah. do. We said this last year when we talked about a gift wrap Christmas. Does it end up the way you think it's going to? Of course it does. You hmm. want that from a holiday movie. What, you want to watch a holiday movie on Lifetime where like everyone ends up sad and it's the worst Christmas ever? No, thank you. <laughs> you want to watch a movie where two attractive people, hopefully who are also good actors, fall in love in front of a ton of Christmas decorations and they eat cookies and they drink cocoa and there's a fire and the tree is gorgeous and whatever. And this movie gives all that, but to make it so that it doesn't have lag time, there Hugo has moments of discussing how he and his, with his brother, how they had a complicated relationship. And then there's this historical subplot where they're going to close down the train station, which had been owned by a man who the town, who like the neighborhood in town is named after. I forget what it is. Yeah, was. Carol. Yeah, it was like of course. Carol's Village or <laughs> yeah. something like mm -hmm. that. And he owned the train station and a lot of other buildings in town and the middle school was named after him and so on and so forth. Well, through some... Hugo obviously is very upset that they're closing this historic train station down that he loved and he doesn't think that that's... He's a lawyer. He's going to get that stopped. But part of the way he does is that he finds out that um, Mr. Carroll who lived a hundred years ago was actually gay and he gave among other things that train station to his lover when he passed so he deeded him the train station so the city can't actually proceed with demolishing it for mm -hmm. this or not the city but the developer who's yeah. supposed to be able to do it can't do it because the city can't sell it to them because the city doesn't rightfully own it yet now if you ask me 
they're probably going to be able to get that building. Mm-hmm. Just guessing, because like, unless his long time, unless Mr. Carroll's long time love had descendants who could claim that train station and yeah. were willing to f- forfeit whatever money mm-hmm. the pro- property developer offered them, mm-hmm. it's probably going to end up getting taken down anyways. But there's this nice subplot about like a couple. I think in the early 1900s yeah who were in love and their love for each other and how christmas was their favorite time of year and it was a time they weren't always together but it was a time they were always together yeah and there's this photo where just their pinkies are touching they're yeah. standing beside each other and it was you know an interesting juxtaposition i thought between that and then a modern gay romance where yeah. you know you know, you don't just have to, you don't, you're not limited to just fingers touching. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought that historical subplot was both interesting and it fleshed out the time. Yeah. What else did you like? There were a lot of nice elements, even though the two leads, they didn't, they went to high school together, but they weren't in the same year. They were two years apart. And, yes. uh, and Hugo is saying to Patrick, you were Mr. Popular, and he said, well, no, I was actually quite lonely. Mm-hmm. And because in high school, he was out. Yes, and he admired... And was yeah, out. Mm-hmm. That's right, and he admired Patrick for being out in mm-hmm. high school. And he also worked at a sub shop, and he remembered... Hugo did. Hugo did, and he remembered Patrick's ordering of The Godfather with Pepperoncini. Wouldn't you remember it, man? He was quite tall (laughs) he's an attractive guy he's the guy from modern family who's with sarah highland's character for a a a time i don't i don't know if they end up together or not i dropped off that show but i didn't know that um yes he the one who played patrick blakely sure okay so what else um you liked that there was a reference to an italian sandwich that's always important in a holiday movie of course Classic holiday element. Classic Milwaukee, too. Yeah. Just, like, lousy with Italians in Milwaukee, I'm assuming. (laughs) Sure, yeah. Knowing nothing about it. (laughs) I've been. It's a lovely city. How many Italians? I didn't go looking for them. Okay. There were at least two, because I went with my dad. Okay. Well, temporarily. (laughs) That was not home. (laughs) Right. Yes, no, it was not. Um, Another element that I kind of liked was the fact that Hugo is a lawyer about to become partner, but he's also an expert woodworker. Yes, of course he is. Always so specific, the hobbies and jobs. Mm -hmm. I mean, the job is not that specific. He's a lawyer, but the hobby, of course, has to be something, you know, hands-on, where we can see the product at the end of it. And he used to do it with his father. Mm -hmm. And it was nice that, you know, he, he, the lawyer... Uh, was the expert woodworker, while his brother, who was in the Air Force, mm-hmm. never picked up yes. woodworking. And... and he always thought of it as their private space mm-hmm. and felt like it was an intrusion. And they kind of worked through that yep. in the movie, which was nice to... It wasn't conflict, but it was a discussing of a relationship and a way someone felt slightly alienated from a relationship and then a bringing of them into that relationship. He taught him some woodworking stuff and they both Mm -hmm. worked together to finish this tiny little 
replica of Carol's Village or whatever it's called, yeah. Carol Street, whatever, for Fran that had been started by her deceased husband. Yes. And her one son, the two sons, finished it together and gave it to her for Christmas, which was very sweet. Do you have other thoughts? Um, no, it was it was nice that they, they did that. They had that round of Christmas trivia. Yes, of course, Matt loved that. <laughs> well, I mean, it did give the opportunity for uh, Hugo's friend, Maddie, to spill the beans prematurely about, about the London the... job offer. Exactly, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all Charles Dickens's fault. But Maddie was a nice character because she, she was supportive. She had dimension and depth. She also served a plot point or a plot use, which was that initially Patrick wasn't certain if Hugo was gay mm-hmm. because he hadn't been out in high school and they haven't seen each other in however 18 years or however long it had been since they both had graduated, mm-hmm. less than that, probably 10. And so he thought Maddie, because she kept touching Hugo and kept holding his arm and referring to we, 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 blah, 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 we do this, we do that, mm-hmm. thought Maddie and Hugo were husband and wife. Yes. So that was one of the little twists of, mm-hmm. like, will they get together was that they weren't even sure of each other's sexuality. Yeah. Anyways, any other thoughts? Uh, the last thing that I'll say is when Hugo makes his big speech at the train station about Milwaukee being home, his mom calls him up to talk about how the train station will actually be saved and not demolished, and Hugo never mentions that fact at all. He does not mention the train station, the fate of the train station at least, in any fashion. I thought that, and the fact that Hugo and Patrick at some point eat a picnic outside in Milwaukee in December in like sweaters, Mm -hmm. like just the lightest of clothes, those were really the two inaccuracies or like in those were the only two things that I thought were like slightly incorrect. Like have him mention that he's going to try to save the train station through some legal maneuvering. And then also like, if you're going to have people eating outside in Milwaukee in December, a picnic, I love a lover's picnic. Who doesn't love a lover's picnic? That being said, you got to have fake space heaters they got to be near a fire, yeah. something. You can't pretend like the Midwest in December. Not that we don't get occasional days that are like 50 or 60 or whatever, but like, then say that. Oh my God, can you believe it's 60 today in Milwaukee? We got to eat outside. Something. You can't just have that, mm-hmm. you know. Especially when like in various scenes, there's like snow on the ground and it's like... right. Who picnics when there's snow on the ground Mm -hmm. with no space heater and no fire? I don't know anyone. It's too cold. I had no real thought. I told Matt, I was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about for this. I had, aside from that Milwaukee thing, Milwaukee outdoors dining, and aside from the, you should mention the legal fate of the train station in this long speech about home that I'm not sure why anyone aside from your mother your future boyfriend and your best friend and brother would really be so invested in. They want to hear about the train station, Mm -hmm. not your feelings about home. But I had no real thoughts on this. I thought it was like the perfect Christmas cookie. It was sweet. I loved it. It was exactly what you want at this time of year. I mean, can we even call the Milwaukee December picnic a note? That was my note. Mm -hmm. Like, and the questions I have 
have nothing to do with the movie. I would say this is for the genre, which is like made for TV holiday movie. I would describe this as perfect. Yeah. I thought the writing was good. I thought the set design was overflowing with Christmas. I thought the house looked like a house. There were like books on the shelves and throw pillows and like it looked lived in, but then also there was just a ton of Christmas stuff. There was Christmas everywhere. I mean, at the law firm, the boss, his couch had twinkle lights on the back of the couch, like lining the back of the couch, the most festive law firm in the entire world. But I just thought set design was good. I thought acting was good. I thought the writing was good. I thought it was charming. I thought the chemistry, which thank God for, you know, because they're married in real life. You (laughs) hope that people actually like their spouse. That chemistry read on screen. I thought it was lovely to watch. Yeah. I thought the subplots helped keep it feeling full. Like, I didn't feel like there were moments that dragged. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was a lot of fun. And I had no comments, which is just like, they must be really proud of themselves. Because <laughs> if I have no thoughts, you've done a really good job. I had questions. I would expect it. Unrelated such. to the movie. What are your thoughts on carolers coming to your home? It seems strange. It seems like it would be nice, although I guess somewhat suspicious. I Yeah, I'm always suspicious of people who come to my door if I don't know they're coming to my door. Yes. I would want to know in advance. So I'd want a letter from like the local youth choir that was like, we're going to be coming around to all the neighborhood. By the way, never in my life have I seen carolers going door to door. I've never seen that. It may happen some places. It does not happen anywhere I've ever lived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine in, in Lower East Side of New York, people yeah. going door to door? First of all, half the people wouldn't, ha- not even half, 90% wouldn't open their door and the rest might curse at them. Um, I'm just thinking of Eddie Murphy singing and coming to America and everybody shouting at him. And he wasn't even caroling. I guess I would want notice and then so that you could have like, Cups of hot cocoa to give them for their, or like... Candy canes. You would at least be, you know, not in like your worst clothes. You Mm -hmm. might have on like company appropriate joggers. Mm. A stocking cap. (laughs) Sure. I, I would want notice. My second question was, and this is loaded. This is a loaded question. Is this... A better movie than a gift-wrapped Christmas. Oh! Now, I ask this question. Not, is this a movie that holds more emotional significance to us mm-hmm. than a gift-wrapped Christmas? But overall, taking into account set design, script writing, Acting for all actors, not just the charismatic, luminous, and going on to a major acting career, Meredith Hagner. The acting for all actors, writing, set design, plot, costuming. All of those things. Taking into account everything. Uh Not which is more dear to our hearts. But mm-hmm. is this a better movie? You know I have a tough time separating separating sentimentality. 
How could film. you not be sentimental about that time I was in the hospital? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Forgive me, Barbara Kimlicka, but I think this... I think the Christmas setup is a smoother plot. I think it is more capably acted mm-hmm. for the ensemble. For the ensemble, yes. Yeah. I will say yes. It's tough, right? Yeah. I now, can't I would, believe I'm I saying th- that. This but... might be one of the only movies... I can't think of any other holiday movie we've watched that I would say the same of. Because sentimentality does tip the scales so much that for like poinsettias for Christmas or twinkle all the way or a sugar and spice holiday or Christmas a la mode or Mm -hmm. any of the other ones that we like that are fun. Those also have, I don't want to call them errors, but they have things where you're like, Oh, that could have been better acted or like that moment could have been better written or the set design wasn't as overwhelmingly Christmassy as you could have made it Mm -hmm. or like, the one actor did a really good job, but the other actor didn't do as good of a job. The chemistry, so the chemistry the wasn't as good. No. So I think this might be the only one I would say that of, that it's better than a gift-wrapped Christmas. Which is really a testament to the writing of Barbara Kimlicka and the acting of Meredith Hagner. Yeah. Because... I think those are the two things that we like the most about that movie. Mm -hmm. This one didn't have any romantic singing to songs about, you know, infant deities, which is a, is a missed opportunity always. It did have nice singing though, (laughs) where Hugo is at the the drag bar and sings, have yourself a merry little Christmas. So with that controversial question, I've finished my thoughts. I mean, I I think it's a great movie. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Sometimes the best made movie is not your favorite movie. But this was, I rec- when asked my list of Christmas movies to watch after a gift wrapped, this was number one for me. Mm-hmm. You said poinsettias, I said this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, we're forgetting one that everyone should watch, but not because it's good, because it's truly a fever dream wild. We forgot to mention Mistletoe and Menorahs. Oh, yes. Which we watched this week. Splendid. And which we were considering, because we were having so many thoughts about it, that we were like, should we be doing this one instead? Mm -hmm. And I nixed it because I said... We don't have that kind of time, and neither does anyone else at the holidays. No one has two hours for me to break down all the weird (laughs) things they say about Judaism. Yes. And the many odd moments where basic things about Christmas are explained to someone as if he lives under a rock or something? Mm -hmm. I don't know. As if like you have to explain a Christmas tree to anyone in the United States at this point. You don't. Yeah. If you're looking for a wild watch, like the holiday equivalent of a Deadly Mile High Club, Mm -hmm. Mistletoe and Menorahs is your movie. It'll take you places. That said, do not watch it alone. Not because it's scary, but because you are going to need someone to boop boop, stop, and talk to (laughs) 
every few minutes, like, did they just say Hanukkah is so random? Was that just said on TV? It's a hilarious movie. Just they didn't mean for it to be. And it's such a fun watch. Yeah. All right. Do you want to hit me with trivia? Two pieces of trivia. Okay. Fran Drescher. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Never heard of her. <laughs> Who, who's that? So, interestingly, it's pretty cool that she's the one who is part of Lifetime's first LGBT holiday film. Yes. Her husband, Peter Mark Jacobson, her ex-husband, rather. Oh, right. I vaguely... Okay, tell me. Um, they were married for over 20 years. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He uh-huh. came out to her after they divorced. And they're best friends now, still. Yeah. yeah. He was the co-creator of The Nanny. I vaguely remember hearing about this because she, I think she's a one-time or two-time breast cancer survivor. Yes, she's written a book called Cancer Schmancer. (laughs) Okay. And one of my former jobs put me in contact with a lot of breast cancer publications Mm -hmm. and clinical trials and things like that. And I remember she, I think she was on the cover of like MAM, M-A-M-M which was one of the breast cancer magazines or something. One of those breast cancer magazines, Mm -hmm. I think she covered it one month. And I, when I saw her on the cover, I looked her up to be like, but she's alive, right? (laughs) And she was, and she is still. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. Okay. What's your second piece of trivia? So the second piece is about the real life couple. In yes, the film. so cute. Ben I mean, Lewis and Blake Lee. Yes, they're still married, I hope. I'm not, I cannot bring myself to look it up because I don't want to know if they're divorced. They are. They actually got married the same year we did. Okay, good. They met at Grauman's Chinese Theater. Oh, cute. It was the premiere of the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Okay. Was one of them in that? Yes, Ben Lewis, Hugo, played a smaller role as other Scott. I've not seen that film in its I've entirety. I've seen that film and I don't remember him at mm-hmm. all. He did not look familiar to me. Mm-hmm. But granted, I've seen the movie once and mm-hmm. when it came out. So that is a a beat ago. Sure. So they actually met in the restroom at the premiere. Ben being in the movie and Blake was at the premiere because he was a guest of Aubrey Plaza. Oh, okay. And Blake and Aubrey Plaza knew each other because they... Uh, Blake had a sh- series of episodes on Parks and Rec. Who was he on? <gasps> Wait. Yes, he did. He was... Was he... He was her boyfriend or something, Yes, right? he was. He, he was... I had to look this up. Wait. I think I know. Tell me who he was. I don't want to... His name was Derek. And he was her... Yes! On the show, he played... They were in a thruple. Yes. Him and the blonde guy uh-huh. and Aubrey Plaza. Yes. I would have, I forgot that completely, even though we watched Parks and Rec beginning to end very recently. (laughs) I had forgotten that. So that's why Blake was at that premiere. Oh, that's nice. And gave them. It's a very Hollywood way to meet. It is. I mean, you couldn't meet underneath the Hollywood sign or like getting your star on the Walk of Fame. (laughs) I guess Grauman's is okay too. It's pretty high up there in terms of Hollywood ways to meet. I guess the number one most Hollywood way to meet is your agent calls their agent. Yeah. And they the agents set you up and you meet for dinner. The agent set up. Yes. 
I wonder how many people in LA have actually <laughs> met in that fashion. Mm-hmm. Like have their agent call someone else's agent. Listen, I'm not turning my nose up at it. It's basically like a matchmaker. Who cares? Yeah. I don't know how many of these are influenced by Fran Drescher. But... I think Fran's reach is wide and deep too. But she's also like black licorice. You either love her or you don't. True. And I like her. Mm. I think she's funny. I think she's likable. She's <laughs> certainly likable in this movie. But if you don't like Fran Drescher, you'll still like this movie unless you have a lump of coal in your heart. Yeah. Oh, and before I forget, Under My Tree. We're not getting royalties, but I cannot <laughs> let a holiday episode go by. We didn't mention it last time. It's just like a huge error on our part. Mm-hmm. But listen to Under My Tree and feel joy. Watch this movie and feel joy. Yeah. All right. Do you have any other thoughts? My last thing, you mentioning Under My Tree, mm-hmm. this year Under My Christmas Tree, I believe is the lesbian film. So we'll have to If they take don't a look play at that. Under My Tree, it's a missed opportunity that I fully understand because I bet paying for sync music even though it's the Christmas music, which is not their most celebrated music. Mm-hmm. I bet that fee is not small. Sure. Like when we when we get to the smoky Robinson Christmas movie, mm-hmm. I bet we're not gonna be hearing a lot of the Motown hits. I bet we're getting a new smoky song. Mm-hmm. Cause or, I Or he'll sing Oh Holy Night or something. Something like that. Yeah. Cause I bet they I bet these you got to spend a lot of money on Christmas trees and maybe there's not enough money for, you know, all I want for Christmas is you or any of the really popular mm-hmm. Christmas songs or popular non-Christmas songs that Smokey had. Um, I know he didn't sing all I want for Christmas is you. I'm aware. I know Mariah is Mrs. Christmas. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, I thought it was delightful. Yeah. And with that... If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at husbandandwifetime at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at husbandwifetime or on Instagram at husbandandwifetime. If you like this episode, please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks. Bye. Happy holidays.